Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Left Page. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back again. <laughs> we haven't stopped doing this, sorry yeah. about everything. It was just the end of the semester, which yeah. here is a bit later, it's at the end of June, early July, so yeah. that's why. Yeah. But we're here, we are organizing ourselves for, for July, and we have something very, very special today, which wasn't really planned, I was just sort of reading and I was like, so you want to do this? <laughs> Bruno is like, sure. Yeah. Sounds nice. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. So that out of the way, just one more thing. We will soon enough have all our Patreon stuff in order and out yeah. to you all. Thank you so much for everything, for still supporting us. <laughs> but they should be out next week. We're probably going to try and pump them through, if you will, yeah. and uh, get them out for you. Sorry about that, but... We'll we'll make it work. We're making it work, <laughs> for sure. So, today, today we're going to be talking about a very, very special short story, which is called The Death and the Compass, Yeah. by Jorge Luis Borges, the Argentinian writer of the 20th century, one of the most well-known, well-celebrated yeah. authors of the 20th century, and one of the greatest Argentinian authors of all time. Worth noting that he did not write novels. He wrote poetry and short later in his life, yeah. but pretty much... Short stories. Yeah. So uh, a reflection about the short story as well, I incoming. Uh, it's going to be very literary discussion about. Uh, this is also going to be part two of our uh, detective novel and detective story saga, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So that's going to be nice. Yeah. I just and, want to hmm. make a disclaimer that Frank did a absolute great job and and a great study about about detective novels and short stories and. And today, even if he is the uh, historian and I'm the literature guy, I, I think he will be the north of the <laughs> the literary discussion here. But it's it's always a pleasure to to listen to to talk here. And yeah, I think that's uh, the 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 fact with barges is that it's always a bit troubling in a way that. <laughs> You read it, and when you're talking about it with a friend, it's, it's a, a bit troubled as well in in the sense of it's so dense that when you start talking about it, it starts to to show off these layers of things that certain people understand and certain people don't understand. And it's always a pleasure to talk about it because Borges knows exactly how to lapidates the short story in a, in mm -hmm. a way that it shines in, in multiple directions and it's it's really mind-boggling <laughs> yeah it's th this collection of short stories which is a, a kind of the first but not the first version of it it's fictions yeah uh, which is where this short story comes from from 1944 it's each short story is pretty much a weird and bizarre thought experiment <laughs> yeah. it is really really cool and really really troubling but it's definitely worth it and this one is other than one of the most well-known well-studied short stories of Borges it is it is quite incredible and quite interesting to talk about here today yeah so first things first little disclaimer this short story is short uh, unlike other authors, Joyce, namely, and, but not only him, other celebrated Brazilian authors, which we will get to soon enough because they're worth it. Who yeah. will know what I'm talking about, but yeah. I will not say yet. <laughs> and But it, this is fairly short, just like 
10, 12 pages at most. Yeah, yeah I think that's simple. Yeah. And, it, well, simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's very much worth reading yourselves before the actual discussion. Yeah. I found a version in English, which I will put in the show notes. So definitely check it out. It is it is incredible. And th- well, this is evidently going to be a spoiler full discussion. Yeah. It's... Try to read it if you can. Yeah. Because it, reading this is an experience. Yeah, I think the, 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 the thing about Barges is that since he was so good at poetry and, and short stories, there's a certain aspect to the writer when you have the choice to do certain kinds of, of genres and, and styles of, of writing because poetry and the short story are basically the the two types of, of writing that you need to have the capacity of condensating large meanings in, in few words. And I think that when you blend together that fact with hey, he's also a poet, so he knows exactly how to write a verse, how to ordinate a phrase, and, and all those those little aspects, uh, it's it's really, a, a, as Frank said, it's an experience. So uh, I think that it's it's an absolute prime to read about this this short story or hear about this short story before reading it mm-hmm. because it's it's so uh, it's so delicately put in a way that it's it's really worth reading it before anything uh, re- read the the short story and then think about it <laughs> yeah and then come back then yeah, come back exactly. and listen to us yeah because it's it's something it's not it's not that heavy it's not that difficult but it, it is definitely worth it yeah so let's start in a very neat way by the first paragraph (laughs) which basically tells the whole story (laughs) if you're still here and you haven't left and read it this is not a spoiler yeah funnily enough it tells everything everything that's gonna happen but you don't know and you can't really interpret it not knowing yeah so that's fun uh now the spoilers begin so Let's go a bit, bit by bit because I think it's worth it so that we can start jumping towards the discussion. Yeah. He starts talking... The first paragraph talks about how there was this sort of enigma that happened in this particular um, house in the country, whatever, in this sort of labyrinthine scenario, which is a common theme in Borges as well, the labyrinth. Yeah. And starts talking about this detective, Eric Lonhot, that he could not predict the final crime it is indisputable that he foresaw it. Nor did he, of course, guess the identity of Yarmolinsky's unfortunate assassin, but he did divine the secret morphology of the vicious series as well as the participation of Red Scarlet, whose alias is Scarlet the Dandy. This criminal, as so many others, had sworn in his honor to kill Lonhot, but the latter had never allowed himself to be intimidated. Lonhot thought of himself as a pure thinker, an Auguste Dupin, but there was something of the adventure in him, and even of the gamester. Or the gambler, I'd perhaps yeah. translate it if I will. Yeah. But, okay, so now we have this this interesting picture. Yeah. It's a, it's what a... actually happened? Yeah. Lonhot <laughs> pretty much, the, the whole point of the short story, he invented the crime. Yeah. He invented the whole reason why there was the serial crimes. And the actual criminal who orchestrated it all, Red Scarlet, 
which is pretty much red, red, yeah, red scarlet, or scarlet, scarlet, <laughs> pretty much because well, of course it's scarlet, but yeah. it's red yeah. scarlet, yeah, basically, and he pretty much built the entire narrative of the crime around the detective. The detective is basically delusional in this yeah. short story. He invents the crime. He invents the reason. One of the funniest thing, it's, it's quite funny even, because at the very beginning, the assistant, who is the institutional detective, Treviranus, he, well, he pretty much guesses and figures out what ha- what was the original crime right from the get-go. <laughs> He says it here. There's no need to look for a chimera or a cat with three legs. We all know that the Tetrarch of Galilee is the possessor of the finest sapphires in the world. Someone, intending to steal them, came in here by mistake. Yarmolinsky got up. The robber had to kill him. What do you think? That's what happened. That's what Scarlet tells Lonhart at the very end. This, like, it, what's really interesting about the short story is that it messes around and it changes all the positions between the usual figures of the detective story. Yeah. The analytic detective, that is, which was the one we saw a couple months ago. Yeah. So if you want a basis on that, you can re-listen to it or check it out. Because building on that tradition, which Borges was an absolute fan of, the detective story as a theme shows up again in various short stories through various and different means, sometimes via an investigation with a twist at the end or sort of this. Yeah. But this is very much symbolic of just playing with the formula, with that original matrix of the analytic detective. Yeah. Because what happens is everything changes. Like, the crime is sim- simple and figured out by the actual police. Yeah. The detective is not a genius. Uh, well, he might be, but he is sort of delusional. Yeah. The actual criminal is the one who orchestrates it all and at the end of the day wins in trapping the detective. Yeah. So it's this whole play of yeah. the characters and the positions and the roles. Yeah, we were talking about earlier how it's just brutal reality. <laughs> it's it's just the brutal reality of someone who may, maybe is, uh, as we were talking, like a ro- romantic, but like in love uh, with a passion about a, a, a little aspect of their work that isn't the whole picture. Exactly. So he's like, uh, uh, how can I say it? He's uh, maybe a Sherlock Holmes that doesn't have the, the gift of a Sherlock Holmes. He's just an analytical person who is thinking more about the the mysteries of the books that the person was reading, <laughs> that then the the obvious facts that were right in front of his nose, uh, right under his nose, I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, it's, the plot is quite interesting because you, you have this original crime, this sort of uh, Jewish doctor and master theologian that is murdered for who knows why. Yeah. Uh, the institutional police guesses and figures it out already. But Lonot sees... Uh, like he says it, possible, but not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Olaf says to Trefirano's suggestion. You will reply that reality hasn't the least obligation to be interesting. I will say that reality may not need that obligation, but not hypotheses. And he says that, here's a dead rabbi. I would prefer a purely rab- rab- rabbinic explanation, <laughs> not the imaginary adventures of an imaginary thief. 
he has a point, <laughs> but it's still a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Like, just because he's a rabbi doesn't mean that he couldn't be murdered for another reason. Yeah. Even though. And what what clue he ends up finding, he ends up imagining this sort of uh, largest plot about a secret, a Jewish sect. Yeah. Or cult, or I, I don't know the exact term either. And he starts going through all the theological works of this dead rabbi. And then other crimes start happening. Another man ends up dead. And then a third one goes missing, presumed dead. And Lon Hart, in his endless pursuit and investigation and reading these works, trying to figure it out, receives a letter that basically points him to the location of a fourth murder. And when he tries to go and one-up <laughs> the, the the criminal by going in a day earlier of the murder, is actually caught and, and, and Red Scarlet, who, who is there, he yeah. goes like, hmm, thanks for saving us a day's work. <laughs> and ends up explaining to him how he was basically entrapped by his own, if you will, delusions of grandeur. Yeah, he yeah exactly. <laughs> we go back to the first paragraph. I think it's going to be recurring in this discussion. Yeah. He judged himself a pure reasoner, like an Auguste Dupin, which is Poe's detective. Yeah. The original detective who is analytic, who is very much into the details, into the reasoning. Yeah. However, there was something in him of an adventurer or, or a gambler, gambler. even. Yeah. So, he's not what he wants to be or what he judges himself to be. And that leads him to these, these wild conclusions. It may be... It, it's... I think one of the ideas of this being, in a sense, sort of parodic portrayal of the analytic detective is that a, a pure analytic detective would not make these mistakes. Yeah. It would not fall for this. Yeah. But in not being a pure analytic detective, Ronhot, with his adventure uh, personality, dooms himself, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. In, in seeking this imaginative plot he ends up and figures out that he's in a hardly tough and real world yeah and i think it's really it's really intimidating not intimidating but it's really like when barges uses auguste dupin i'm sorry i i have read it and when paul writes about the philosophy of composition and he talks about the importance of the the first paragraph and uh, how you you sometimes make a short story, you think about a short story in um, uh, at the, you think about the end first, and then you try to make like uh, how can I say it? Yeah, Paul he he tended to say that you need to have an end that it's brutally brutally honest but at the same time it's uh, out in the open yeah out in the open so when you think about something out in the open then you try to go in a reverse way and try to construct the things that would perhaps make it harder and harder to try and guess what's happening with with that short story and when you have someone as barges who has that knowledge and that mastery of of writing a short story, and you know that he read Poe because he's talking about Auguste Dupin. <laughs> but it's it's really interesting. Perhaps it's it's even more interesting for me and Frank, who who are Latin Americans, because 
it's such a a crude reality of of taking someone as Paul who was already really crude and really like Paul in the philosophy of composition he said writing is not is not a hobby is not funny is not beautiful writing is a job <laughs> writing is a type is a type of life is, yeah. is a is a is a, a, a personal choice that there's no going back and when you have someone and I think that's the brutality of it because myself as a literature and linguistics student, the first year that, that you go in, in, into the, these types of studies, there are, there's lots of people, and I include myself in it, that think that literature is, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> literature, like it's something really Parnassianistic about, about the literature and how it's elevated and how it's beautiful and how it's art but at the end it, it's a it's a job not in, in a way of oh my god it's a job i'm annoyed it, it's a it's a way of living it's a way of of being someone and paul knew, knew this borges knew this and, and the brutality and the reality of uh, uh, someone who uh, as we said earlier when you have the police solving the crime in a in a in the first moments and the the literary figure that as we said earlier it, it seems like Longrat is just a literary figure sort of pushed into the real world mm-hmm. he was just tossed in the real world and he was just oh my but i i need to think about the the rabbinic uh, <laughs> mystery uh, of the mystery. name of God, yeah, the secret exactly. name of God, and all yeah, that. and then in the end he just gets a gun pointed at his face. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> it is. It is exactly that. That about the reading. Yeah, the reading in this, which is another common theme, it's it's a it's his fatality because of his compulsive reading, because of his extreme dedication, and another critical element of the analytic detective the isolation from the world yeah he becomes out of touch with reality and of course this is just like the final consequences this is, it, it's reasonable to think before the story that it would have some precedent but it's like the this final culmination of it where he's so ingrained with the literature and with these readings yeah. that he isolates himself and becomes entrapped. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing about what we call in Brazil like sociologo de gabinete. Yeah. In the sense of uh, mm-hmm. someone who studies like sociology but only studies it and doesn't, I don't know, go into, try to make any research about things that happen in in real life, in, in the streets, or someone who talks about uh, the the police brutality, but is a person who never even went to a, a favela. Never. It, I'm I'm giving uh, a bit of bizarre examples, but in, in the sense of that, there's a there are a lot of people who actually know a lot and and have real. Uh, knowledge about some of these subjects but they don't know the social machinery of living mm-hmm. in this living the reality about those subjects mm-hmm. and that's the exact uh, reality of of Longrad. he 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 has knowledge but he doesn't know 
he doesn't know the the know how. <laughs> he doesn't have the know how ab yeah. about how to how to deal with someone as a criminal, as a killer, as someone who who said that he was going to kill him after a while, <laughs> and he just didn't didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> yeah, he remains in his distant, faraway ivory tower. Yeah, that's exactly. the whole point. Yeah. And it's interesting to think how how it's difficult in Latin America to assimilate these sorts of common themes and ideas in the exact same way. It's like this idea, and Borges plays a lot with it because he makes it explicit the element that it's not realistic, that it's fantasy, yeah, that it's imaginative. There's another text I do not recall the name exactly, but where he goes on and he's based this off. Uh, J.K. Chesterton talking about sort of rules for the short story mm -hmm. or for the detective novel and the detective short story in a sense and he talks like this is fantasy this isn't real this does not exist and from then on we can make some interesting conclusions which we'll get to in a moment but for Borges he makes it even more explicit how this this is fantasy this isn't real It's probably one of the reasons why he hated, and he frankly hated, he said many times, the American detective novel, The Hard Boiled, which will be the next part in our saga, whenever that'll be. <laughs> and he, he hated it, probably because he saw in this supposed commitment to realism that it, it is more frequent in The Hard Boiled, he saw it as probably not genuine. Yeah. And he saw the true, the underlying detective, however played, be it in a parodic manner or in a serious, uh, sort of traditional way. Yeah. He saw it as the prime form. Yeah. The funny thing is that he was right about this exact point about the main character, because as I was mentioning before, this detective, this analytic detective, or the hardboiled cop, the one who is, save for a few more recent exceptions. This incorruptible figure who stands this thin line between uh, justice and this criminality, yeah. but is always uh, perfect, always just at the end of the day, <laughs> he doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. He's fake. He's not yeah. real. He's fantasy. Yeah. An interesting, uh, something worth mentioning. There's a recent, recent, the past couple of sort of 40, 30, 40 years, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, yeah. uh, but a while. There's an Italian author, Andrea Camilleri, and he's been writing numerous, numerous detective novels. And with this particular figure, detective and later com commissioner, Salvo Montalbano. And another recent Italian author who, is, uh, who makes another type of detective story, well, sort of even more crude, and uh, he sort of blurs this thin white line a lot more. And plays with this idea in, but with the idea of the realism, it's what's coming out recently of detective novels, especially in the Mediterranean, is quite interesting and worth taking of note. But uh, this other author, Massimo Carlotto, he mentions about Montalbano that if you ever were arrested or ever had a trouble with the law, this is the man you wanted to be with. This is the man yeah. you wanted to see. It's only one problem, though. He's yeah. not real. Yeah. He doesn't exist. Yeah. Neither of them do. <laughs> At all fucking times, from the very beginning to the very end. From Dupin to Montalban, or more recent. And there's the thing, uh, which is, is uh, the next point. If this detective is not real, if this detective... It's almost like 
in the Death and the Compass, Lon Hot is this imaginative uh, detective, this fantastic detective placed in the real world. Yeah. He's easily entrapped and killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, while it is an incredibly intricate plot, the one that Scarlet prepares for him, not not to discredit this yeah. fictional criminal. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's quite elaborate. It's, it's definitely very well detailed and well worked. It's it's absolutely due to Lord Hot's incompetence and delusion. Yeah. Like, he is so isolated that it's easy to entrap him. And to think about the isolation of other analytic detectives, how they how this didn't happen to them, or how it may have. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to the, the brutal reality. If this does not exist, what do we have? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the point. We have the police. Yeah. Fucking shit everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it, it is this reality of violence. It is the corruption. It is the police brutality, the police violence. That's what we're left with. With this rotten, corrupt, and fucking evil, regardless of corruption, this evil institution, which is the fucking cops. And, <laughs> and it, 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 it's sort of, there's very little to say because that's the ultimate conclusion what you get is while this is all very interesting to think about the reading about the investigation about literature yeah when you get to the real world we see the brutal the deadly and the evil institution that is the police yeah see i knew you'd get politics in there yeah exactly <laughs> it's that's what we're left with we're left with this brutal reality. At the end of the day, Lonhot dies. Lonhot is a sad, is brutally murdered, or maybe not brutally, but he's still murdered. Yeah. And we're left with either Pri- organized criminal, criminals against criminals. <laughs> exactly. Either organized crime or the other organized crime, which is yeah. the police. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's as you said, as as we were talking earlier about, as you said about the North American police about lying and about being able to lie in any circumstances to to navigate through the crime or navigate through a suspect to, to get a conviction. To get That's a conviction. the whole point. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Truth isn't important. Justice yeah. isn't important. Exactly. It's a job so, in the worst sense of the word. Yeah. So it's. It's really the figure of Lonroth is actually a kind of it's really cliche in a way of mm-hmm. the smashing of this species of it's like the the real deal as mm-hmm. as if is the first time your dad comes to you and say son that's the real world <laughs> you need to be to be more attentive to to I don't know such things as I don't know. It's it's really brutal in in a way. As Frank said, it's this little philosophical figure of someone who is well read and and has an analytical perspective. And, and I think also that Borges does a a, a superb job. And he uh, uh, that's the thing I I love about short stories is that short stories always gives us a bit of a a philosophical and analytical perspective about the 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 genre itself 
So when he, as you said, when he writes about this analytical detective that basically gets fucked, <laughs> it, we we start to to be a, a bit more critical about what if the the other authors just wanted the the it's it's literally that what if the other authors of analytical uh, detective just wanted the analytical detective not to fail mm -hmm. that's the whole point about it because yeah. when you think about it as frank said there's no such thing as a, as a as an analytical detective that really does the things like a kind of mixture between the the crude reality and the, the like we see a lot in i don't know Dennis villeneuve in, in the movies mm -hmm. i don't know seven uh zodiac it, it, it always gives that that sort of uh, the sort of romanticism of i don't know mm -hmm. if it's romanticism but it's kind of a ro romanticization about the the work about being intrigued about something intrigued about crime intrigued about clue that was mm -hmm. left behind but at the same time uh, and that's what uh, going a bit towards movies but Dennis Villeneuve does that really well as well because at the end for example Zodiac they they don't still to this day they don't know about who was the real Zodiac who mm -hmm. who if it was one person if it was more and I think that's that's really the the thing about when you see the death of Longrath, we are left with the crude reality and the crude reality that is already dominated. So as Frank was saying, we have organized crime and we have an institution that has the has the power basically and has the ability to write their own laws mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's basically that so as we were talking about the the last short story from giovanni martins which is a, a brazilian writer and there's there's a a really well-known element here in brazil that's in the favelas the 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 military police walks around with the incriminating mm -hmm. kits so it's basically ah. The the police gets I don't know weed from from someone that they arrested or their own weed that they sell as well, mm -hmm. and they I don't know get a brick about five kilograms of weed and go to the first black person that they see in the in the favelas walking around at night alone and and just get just get the guy put in the car jail him and said oh the he was walking with a, a five kilogram brick of of marijuana and that's it we need to arrest him yeah so. <laughs> it, it, it is this exact idea of like it's almost thinking about thought experiments the death in the compass is placing this analytic detective in the real world he cannot succeed yeah in looking for these sort of more mystical deeper more intricate answers it, he he's he's either gonna become delusional and hit a brick wall, yeah. or he's gonna be led on and entrapped and ultimately killed. Yeah. And something very interesting about that is Borges thought and talked spoke about this a lot, and he mentioned that the only in the real world the way to get an actual confession is not by oh uh, 
gathering all the evidence and making that final moment where you're presented to to the people in the room and yeah. the people involved and then the criminal admits it ultimately <laughs> uh, after the detective explains the crime. No, it's either by, what was it? Torture or blackmail. <laughs> I think that was it. but Or something of the sort. Uh, uh-huh. But that's the only, that's how it works in the real world. Yeah. It, it, it. <laughs> It, it is, it shows the absolute brutality of it. Yeah. How it's, it's not about justice, it's not about truth, that's not, that's not what the police is about. Yeah. Police is about getting people arrested and making convictions. Yeah, in, interest. Final stop. Yeah. That's it. That's it. There's, there's nothing else. Yeah. While this is almost in a sense a sort of prefiguring of what would end up being these more sort of widespread and more recent criticisms to the analytic detective. This isolation of the world, this sort of (laughs) comparison between the real, harder, more tough world and this sort of imaginary, fantastical dream. Yeah. While playing with all the elements. Literally, it's it's a very interesting short story. Yeah. The way he plays with, for example, the positions of the characters. Lunhardt, while he is the detective and supposedly he conducts the investigation, the investigation is entirely fabricated and constructed and led on by the criminal. Yeah. It's, it, it is a playing with that original formula while also circling the various roles. Because, well, it, it is the beginning, the detective, the crime. But these things start to change along the story. With Scarlet, while becoming a sort of person of interest connected to the second murdered individual like Lord he thinks hmm, I, I wonder he was is he maybe he's the next victim or something but well, I don't know maybe maybe he's the criminal nah he can't be <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that's the point he was looking for this sort of elaborate explanation when he confronts him or when he's caught at the very end he asks Red Scarlet you're after the secret name of God <laughs> and he's like what no <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah. There, I'm looking for something more ephemeral and perishable. I'm looking for Eric Lonhart. <laughs> That's the sort of thing. It wasn't... The detective was the victim. And yeah. it was the planned victim at the end. <laughs> it's... Oh, it's a mess. Yeah. In the way that it's meant to entrap the reader himself. To confuse him. Because it subverts all expectations. Yeah. Because you expect the analytic detective to be right. You expect him in his utter delusion to be on the right track. Yeah. Because that's the sort of expectation you go in reading a detective novel. And reading a detective novel with the analytic detective. He's going to be right in his clues. He's going to be making the right judgment. He's not going to make mistakes. Yeah, you are at ease. Like... You are just following someone that you know that is going to succeed. Exactly. And, and at the end of the story, he barges this that it's perfect in, in the sense of he constructs the the left the, the last clue that oh my god so it was a triangle and it's equilateral so I know where to go now and I will find the the cause the 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 thing about solving this crime and mm-hmm. and he goes between those. The, that road and, and, and it, it's the perfect scenery of of uh, analytical detective going to the moment of catharsis of of knowing uh, discovering the the truth about something and you're like on your on your toes like 
oh, so it's now, and then it's the final confrontation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and it's just it's just ironically like really anticlimactic. Yeah, it's the 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 most anticlimactic thing you can think about because it, y- your expectations as a reader are destroyed as the same expectations of the detective as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's. That's the geniusity about many of Borges' short stories. Uh, this this way of toying with how can you make the ones who are reading to look at a certain direction as well as the mm-hmm. as the the detective was looking at only one direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while giving all the clues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Borges said that you would have to play out in the open, yeah. and he does like. Even the narrator, while the narrator manifests himself very little, he says it at, at, at that point, and I mentioned it again, uh, or I think I mentioned it to Bruno, that at, at one point when the police receive an envelope, ultimately for Lonhot, uh, pointing out a, a, like what happened with the three murders and indicating a fourth one, which Lonhot figured out the fourth location, yeah. the police sent the, the map and the letter to Lonhot's house. And it says right at the end, Travirano's ready resignation and set the letter and map onto Lonhot, inarguable deserver of such madness. Yeah. So yeah. The, the narrator is already pointing out, no, what he's doing is insane. What he's doing is not reasonable. It's not what an analytic detective would even do. Yeah. At the same time, it is. It's the sort of double game. Yeah. Because it portrays the uh, Lone Hot as an analytic detective, but not. He is an adventurer. He is a gambler. Yeah. So he represents the analytic detective on the one hand and its flaws, at the same time while not being one. Yeah, exactly. And or signal- being a bad one. Exactly. <laughs> that too. Yeah, the, uh, not, not being a bad one, but the, the element of gambling is exactly what all analytical detectives don't have. Mm -hmm. Because analytical Sherlock Holmes is always about not guessing, but considering and finding about something that that has some meat to it, that has some something that you can actually think about the consequences. Mm -hmm. And then, when you think about it, thinking about the consequences of following this clue. Mm-hmm. So that's the exact fault about this detective. Yeah. He, he's just... He, he he reaches to the bait like like Spongebob in that episode <laughs> that they are trying to, to reach the bait. Like, it, it's, it's almost... And it's really funny because we as, as the, the ones who are reading, uh, we reach for the same bait. Yeah. And, and as you read it again, the second time, it's clear how it's, absurd it's clear, all is. Yeah, yeah, it's clear. It's it's, it's right in your face. And, and I think of, of uh, I had a, 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 a even more difficult experience with this short story because I read it in Spanish and I I suck at Spanish. <laughs> and even if I read it in Portuguese, I think I would have had trouble because in a short story there are words there are phrases that are structures uh, phrasal structures that will give hints that will give clues as mm-hmm. well and that's the sort of thing that you if you uh, i don't know i mean 
if I'm reading a, a short story that has 10, 12 pages and I don't know a word, uh, I will not stop and look the word in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. I will just go on because I, I'm, I'm interested and I'm, uh, I think I know what is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's exactly it. Uh, it's, it's as well uh, a bit of, a, as you were saying about the flaws and the qualities of the analytical detective, is all uh, also about the flaws and the qualities of the analytical reader mm-hmm. because the first time you read you just get wrecked basically <laughs> and yeah. then the second time you read it is just obvious and then you think about man i have been reading in a, a bit of a automatical way a bit of a machinary mm-hmm. way not not my whole life but it, it's it's really instigating to rethink even about the habit of reading the mm-hmm. because Borges he he isn't interested just in the literature as an art he's interested in in exploring things that are from the literary world that expands to i don't know philosophy about psychology about mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah what is the the short story in, included in this book as well the library of babel yeah which is this idea of to think about books, to think about knowledge and literature. And it's... <laughs> there are clues... That's the sort of thing. It is... One of the ideas we had during that course on the history on history and the history of the detective novel was that more than being a, jo- a genre on its own, the detective novel creates a reader. Yeah. In the sense that it creates this sort of analytic reader. Yeah. And when it, the reader is played like this, <laughs> when all the elements are twisted, because right until the very end, you believe, or at least on your, unless you really caught on the small clues that there are, yeah. that Lonhot is the detective that is going to, to the house a day early, the country house, and he will ambush the criminal the next day. Yeah. You are clearly believing that all will go well. Yeah. Maybe not because um, the short, the first paragraph gives you a couple of hints that he could not stop the last crime, although he predicted it. Even then, he could still have caught the criminal at the end, even if it didn't stop the crime. Yeah. So you don't know exactly what's going to happen, and you're following the detective. You believe that while it, it's it's sort of the usual delusion. Yeah. <laughs> that you sort of consider in the analytic detective this sort of isolation, this focus yeah. on books and tiny clues. So it's all normal to you. But it's all played around. And when you get to the end and it become, and Red Scarlet reveals it all, if you read it again, especially the first paragraph, but the whole story, <laughs> you see how it's all constructed in the opposite way. Yeah, exactly. Purposely. Yeah. It's, like, you could supposedly read it properly as the story is actually as the true narrative at the end the first time but it's very difficult the clues and the sort of the way is this sort of it's like theater is the dramatic irony yeah like the authors or not the authors the actors don't know what is actually happening but to the audience it's extremely ironic because of that previous scene that they saw etc yeah it's the same thing but between author and reader yeah so it's another story that helps us think about what, how, what the role of the reader is. The reader, while reading the story and trying to figure out what's going on, he is caught entrapped as well. 
by the usual narrative they're a little yeah. detective. Well, it's all in reverse. Yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. It's yeah, generally it's one brilliant. of the best short stories I've ever read. Yeah. And one of the best detective stories I've ever read. Because it, <laughs> in cha- it, it plays with you. Yeah. And, and that's a really fun thing. Yeah. When done well. And it's ten pages. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't treat the reader poorly. It yeah. doesn't fool him like in a silly or you no, know, it hides something. No, it's all in the open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the brilliance of it because it's all in the open. Yeah, but you just you don't make the leap. You don't make the leap. The first paragraph. Yeah, like yeah, it's like Barges is at the end. Barges it, it takes a step back and holds the gun at your face. Exactly, because <laughs> like okay, well, uh, Lamar didn't predict the last. Uh, he predicted the last crime, but couldn't stop it. Okay, he did not get the identity of this of the murderer. Okay, but he got the secret morphology. That's that's something that we talked about in class, because it's it, it is a play on words. Morphology is a very technical term. Yeah, it, it, the the morphology of the short story itself. The way it is construed from the very first paragraph, and he figures out like the evil series and the participation of Red Scarlet. So like he knew it was there, he knew it was all there, and however it didn't work out. The first, the first paragraph tells you everything. Yeah, he tells you his doom. <laughs> it's the story of Lawrence's doom. Yeah, his death via the compass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm the, sorry if I sort of spoke a lot no. today. Uh, I guess I was just excited to yeah, talk about yeah, this yeah. because it's very. Yeah, as, as I as I had the disclaimer, you you read about you read a lot about it, and you you actually are more of a reader of this genre than myself, mm-hmm. and, and it's really re- really good to contrast to types of of readings because types of readings I don't know. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, because. As for myself, it's funny because, as you said, when you read lots of police novels, it's about creating certain expectations about certain things, about how things will happen. And the same happens to me as someone who... I talk a lot about this, how as you begin to treat literature as something that you can really dig dig in and study you lose this kind of amateur way of reading. And, and it's really funny because you as a lover of the genre and myself as someone who reads it, reads it, uh, reads it analytically all the time because that's basically my job and my, 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 my area of study. We both, as I think 99% of the people, got... We were misled. Yeah, we were misled. And, and and that's the humility about it, in a sense of... It's about learning. It's about relearning mm-hmm. as well. It's about relearning to read. It's about relearning to consider things that happen in real life. Yeah. And, and that's the brutality, but that is as well the, the way of, as we were talking about police and, and we were there was the episode of Coffee of Comrades. Sorry. The, the episode with... Yeah, the recent Rev Left uh, yeah. episode that, at time of recording yesterday, yeah. uh, on the latest on the series Red Hot Take on Don't Talk to Cops, yeah, exactly. uh, which is something that, well, funny coincidence talking about it today. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's connected to that, too. Yeah, in, in the sense that 
it's kind of what Marx says about uh, the philosophers thought about the world, but now we need to change it. Yeah. So when you have someone that writes short stories that doesn't produce anything in the real world, then what, what's the point? Like mm-hmm. uh, that that's the that's even the the argument about what is uh, good and bad literature in a way that good literature it's always about reflecting and rethinking society and humanity mm-hmm. it's always about that so when you have something that it's really delusional in a way that and and that's what i mean like for example borges has the short story aleph which is about fictional in in a sense of it's unreal it's it has an it's it's set in a real world but it's it has an element of mystery and of magic and of, but that's the point. You can utilize anything you you want, be it magic, be it I don't know energies, esoterism, everything. But it it, it needs to have a a real connection with the questions that us as a species, as as people who who think about it, these kinds of things, what we what shall we do with literature? It's just about sitting in a couch and reading and thinking, "Oh my God, I'm I'm so erudite," and I <laughs> and, and that's and it goes back again to the figure of the of of Longrod because what's the point of being an analytical detective and having all this knowledge and reading and being a I think he describes himself as an atheist uh, who loves uh, reading, who studies a, a lot about reading, and he's shy, so that, that aspect of isolation as well. What, what's the the point of of having a uh, lots of books and uh, a deep knowledge about something that can be applied to to your real life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's thinking about how literature. How reality affects literature and literature affects reality. Yeah, exactly. Which is another a point of another story in this very same book, which is Tron Ukba Orbis Tertius. <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce it, but I guess that's part of the point. Yeah. Also worth it. Yeah. I think I'll write all the short stories he mentioned at the very at the end of the show notes, just to make it easier. But I guess our whole point, and it's in a way the point of the whole podcast, is being this sort of intermediary between literature and the world yeah not in in the sort of poet no but in the sense of like how can we help literature change the world more how can it gives us more ideas more understandings how can it help us think about all this um how can we help others think about this as well yeah how can we bring these questions to others be they purely literary questions about the short story about the detective novel or the other more pressing matters about the police about violence about racism about about all these sort of issues we we suffer yeah so yeah that's that's also our point here to how can we also help literature in changing the world too? Yeah. <laughs> so that that I I not expect us to get there, but that was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> so yeah, um I think that's that for the death and the compass, La Muerte y la Brújula by Jorge Luis Borges. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for keeping up with this. Thanks yeah, for thanks. your patience. 
sometimes when we don't release episodes, we usually try to be uh, once every two weeks, but you know, sometimes it's it's a bit tough, and we want to try and do some novels. Uh, we've been doing short stories because, well, it's a short story, it's easier, <laughs> yeah, if only because of the time, but we, we have a couple novels planned, so yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah. Um, all that said, you can find us on Twitter at, at LeftPagePod. If you want and you would like to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the left page or left page. I'm always unsure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we thanks our generous supporters. Yeah. And uh, we will be releasing the content that we, we, sh- we owe them soon enough. Hopefully next week <laughs> we can get plenty of stuff for them out already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple ideas, so I'm sure it will be fine. Um, you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at, at KGB Frank Bruno. At if I'm not wrong, San Giorgio Bruno S A N G I O R G I O Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you you can find us there. I'm I'm, I'm always sort of talking or complaining or something on my own Twitter and <laughs> at, at the left page uh, Twitter. I'm usually retweeting other comrades episodes, yeah. the latest Rev Left Red Hot Take. The re- most recent uh, Coffee with Commerce episode, yeah. talking about decolonization. I'm really excited to listen to that too, and everyone else should. <laughs> uh, they make consistently always amazing episodes. And yeah. So does all the other folks. Ah, screw it, I'll talk about the <laughs> others right now. Uh, I also, the, the Horror Vanguard, John and Ash, amazing, love them. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do something soon. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> spooky. Um, <laughs> The Magnificast, they're great, uh, Matt and Dean, and Coffee with Comrades, Mel and Pearson, they, they rule, they yeah. rule, yeah. Uh, Rev Lab for Bread, like, what was that to say? <laughs> so yeah, like these are some, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, I'm sorry, I love you all, uh, you're great. Yeah. So yeah, there's just some other podcasts to listen, with uh, along with ours as well, we, we hope we're, we're doing some good work along with all this. Yeah. So yeah, I, I spoke too much, sorry Bruno. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much everyone, uh, thank you for listening, uh, we... We, we've got some good ideas soon. I'm always saying that, but we do. Yeah. Uh, it's just now we have, Yeah, and we have more time now because we are... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, expect cool stuff soon enough. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you so much for listening. And to the next
Set the controls for the heart of the sun. 